Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of 25 Stories That Made MLS. I'm your host, Nital Raman. And I'm host number two, Toodle Raman. Uh, happy January, everybody. Hope you're hearing some exciting news about the transfer window being open. Yep. A lot of movement going around in the league, a lot of South Americans coming in. It's an exciting time. Uh, so we're on episode 11 right now. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, wow, we're... We're, getting, we're flying through these. Yeah, we're we're in the uh, well in the two thousands. Well into the two thousands. Um, I'm happy about it. We're nearly halfway done with all of our episodes. Yeah, halfway would be what twelve and a half. Yeah, twelve and a half. Twelve and a half. We'll stop halfway through. Yeah. Our next episode, um, to announce halftime, I guess. Yeah, and so for this one, we're actually going to talk about uh, the original American savior, Freddie Adu. Oh, we're talking about Freddie Adu. Great name, Freddie Adu. Great name, Freddie Adu. Yeah. How, How do, do you do, Freddie Adu? Time to bid adieu to Freddie Adu. Yeah. Um, do. Um, I have a thing before we start. Okay. Now, anyone who's been listening to this podcast from the beginning knows that for the first couple of episodes, in a funny, joking way, loving way, it's kind of bothered by how early we're starting in the timeline and uh, I was really, really not happy about the fact that you're going to be talking about a lot of things that I knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. We're now talking about Freddie Adu. Freddie Adu is 30 right now. Yeah. I am also 30 right now. You and him are the same age. We're the same age. I remember a lot about Freddie Adu. I mean, now, here's what's going to happen. Okay. This is my prediction. Yeah. Freddie Adu reached a level of stardom at such a young age and went through so many experiences at such a young age, I feel like I'm constantly going to forget what year it is. Because yeah. the people he's playing with are three, four, five years older than him. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, he did. He, he was playing this game with these people. And he's like, no, man, you're in a different timeline. <laughs> like, it's sort of like uh, Freddie Lou's career is equivalent to like the two weeks between like in the Christmas and New Year's where you have just no idea. You have no idea what your plans are. What's what day happening. it is. What, yeah. <laughs> sort of, right? Yeah. Um, all right. Let's... Wait, what, what, do, what do people do in that time? I still haven't figured it out. I don't know what they do. Um, I, think, I, think, I think you just kind of sit there and wait for time to go by. I think you wait for text messages on like boring plans for New Year's. Yes, indeed. Um, but to Freddie Adu. But to Freddie Adu. Okay, so uh, years uh, two thousand four, um, and as we talked about earlier, like this is about the time where MLS one point is basically settled. Yeah. Um, the infrastructure is set, like in terms of the plan. Got expansions. MLS is building stadiums. Mm-hmm. They started getting new owners. Stan Kroenke, as we talked about in the last episode, just bought the Colorado Rapids. Um, Jorge Vergara and Dave Checkets um, are just about to put money down for expansion. Chivas, right? Right. And so the league is starting to move in the right direction in that regard. Uh, the 2002 World Cup happened a few years ago, and you have some legitimate, I think if you're into soccer, you know these players like Landon Donovan and DeMarcus Beasley. Yeah, absolutely. But I think what the league really wanted was um, a, a star, but like a pop culture star. to get like And, pe- and Landon Donovan... Doesn't really qualify for that. No, I mean the, he's he's obviously regarded as one of the greatest American players 
and is MLS through and through. If you, I, I would even argue, if you know soccer, then you probably know Landon Donovan. You probably, but if we said Landon Donovan in front of mom, doesn't I think pass mom, mom is mom is a great barometer for yeah. superstardom. If if our mother knows a name, yeah. That's how you know you're really famous. Yeah. The, I don't think Donovan passes the mom test. No, I don't think she passes. I don't think, yeah, I don't think Donovan passes the mom test. Yeah. But Donovan, definitely, you know the name if you watch soccer. Right. And so I think what the mom test, I think, tells you is the ability to bring in fans from outside of soccer fans traditionally, right? Right. And so I think the league... Even if you don't like the sport. Yeah, the league really wanted it. And um, this is where Freddie Do comes into play. So... Um, Let's go back six years before that. Freddie is eight years old. He's coming mm-hmm. from Ghana. His mom uh, wins the green card lottery, yeah. and they moved to Maryland. Yep. Um, he played a lot of soccer on the streets in Ghana, uh, and in a way to kind of integrate into his new neighborhood, he starts playing soccer, and everyone notices he's really, really good. Very talented. Very talented. So they put him into clubs and kind of organized format, and uh, he starts dominating, man. It's like uh, by age 11, he's already on Olympic development, teams um he's playing at the u15 level for his club that club is winning national championships so currently just putting a time stamp in here playing with players average four years older than him yeah four years older than him at the club level and and just dominating and then in the olympic development team he's at he's at playing at a higher level as well and that allows him to play against um some youth teams from abroad right so that happens all the time it's Mm -hmm. like Italy will bring in some teams. And I think it's like Juventus and Inter Milan brought their youth teams. And Adu was like dominating these games. And so at the age of 12, um, Inter Milan actually tries to sign him uh, to a development contract. Uh, What are the rules behind that, though? Yeah, good good question. So FIFA has rules that make sure that um, you uh, you can't force a kid to a professional contract uh, in a different country. Yeah, that's not domestic. Right. So um, if you're an American and you only have an American passport and uh, an Italian team wants to p- sign you and play in Italy, you can't do that until you're 18. Yeah. Um, and uh, But what they were trying to sign him to was a development contract. So mm-hmm. that would mean that he gets to play, stay in the U.S. The fi- I think it was six figures for um, six years. So until he turns 18, and then Inter Milan would then have fir- first rights to basically try to negotiate a professional contract to actually bring mm. him to Italy. Um, what happens with the? What happens with that? Yeah, so he's 12. and Yeah, uh, that's crazy. He's 12, and uh, and the scout, it's kind of ridiculous, but the scout was like saying how they thought Freddie Adu was going to be the first player in America that was going to be able to play in Europe. That's that's the most absurd thing ever. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Because Tim Howard has already been transferred. So what year are we in? Uh, yeah, what year are we what, in? All right, so he's 12. That means we are in year 2002. So Tim Howard has not been transferred but yet. But Brad Friedel's there. Brad Friedel's there. Okay. Casey Keller's there. Casey Keller's there. I mean, so many players have already played. Todd Ramos has played. I mean, like... It's uh, a, Brian McBride at this point. I think started off there and went back to MLS and went back. Yeah. The, so like, regardless, of the, the point is Americans have played in Europe at this point. It's a dumb comment. Yeah. Um, but it shows you the hype. But it's was. almost mom test level comment. <laughs> it's a mom test. Yeah, you true. Know? He true. just doesn't know these people. Yeah, true. Um, and, but it's coming from Inter Milan, Scott. And so the family actually turns it down. 
right? And mm-hmm. they're like, you know, he's 12 years old. Like, we're not making, we're not ready to make that step. Which is considerable considering that I think Freddie Adu's mom is working two jobs right. just to make by, right? So it's not like they're living easy. The, the money could be really helpful. But they turn it down. Um, age 13, uh, he gets sent into Bradenton's residency. Yep. And we've talked about Bradenton before. Right. So Bradenton is And the, that's usually reserved for like 16, 17-year-olds. Yes. It's so. the 16, top 16 and 17-year-olds during the time in order to prepare for the U-17 World Cup. He's 13. Damn. And, uh, Still on an average of four, three to four years. Older. Yeah. And, but at a much higher level. Not just club now. He's yeah, playing now you're talking about the, the best, best American The best player. scouted players in the U.S. Right. And so... Um, he's playing it, he's playing at that level and he's, he's really good. Mm-hmm. And he goes to the U 17 world cup, uh, and he's 14 years old and he's the youngest player in the entire tournament. Uh, this U 17 world cup team has, uh, I think Jonathan Spector sure. and, uh, <laughs> what I was about to say Josie. I don't know. Man. I don't know. It's not the Josie so. team. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the next time. <laughs> yeah. This is what I was talking about. Uh, and Eddie Gavin, I think, on this one. Oh, I love Eddie. I love Eddie Gavin. Right. So, um, very first game uh, against South Korea, Freddie Adu scores a hat trick, right? And it's like the hype is super wow. strong. Yeah. Uh, they end up uh, making it to the knockouts. They lose first to Spain, which is led by Cesc Fabregas. Hard name to say. Cesc, Still hard. Cesc, Cesc Fabregas. And then... Um, we gave him a shout in one of our bonus notes. But yeah. Wow, yeah. And then uh, and they lose to Brazil. And but his performance is so good that three months later he's in the two thousand three U twenty World 2003 Cup team. Two thousand three U twenty. Who do you think is on that one? Ah, two thousand three. Oh my God! Who was under the age of tw- uh, Michael Bradley? No, that's a different one. That's a no, different one. Yeah. This is a, <laughs> I'll never this get is, these right. These are Clint Dempsey. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Clint Dempsey one. Uh, Eddie Johnson's on this one. Um, Chad Marshall is on this one. It's a it's a pretty solid team. Yeah, these are these are basically senior level national players. Yeah, in a couple years from now. Exactly. Um, and he gets a uh, Bobby Tomby's on this team. I just yep. remembered. Um, Ricardo Clark. Like, okay, so that class. He's like, amongst those class. That class, yeah. right? Uh, U20 level, he's 14. So now he's playing six years above his age. Damn, okay. Against the best U20 players in the world. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't start immediately. I mean, that makes sense, right? Yeah. And so uh, the next game in Germany, he has a few sub minutes. There's a must-win game against Korea, and he starts in that game. Yeah. And uh, he also starts in the first knockout game against Ivory Coast, which we won. Uh, and in the quarterfinals, so like this is a really good team. The U.S. Yeah. has made the quarterfinals. We're facing Argentina, right? Uh, Argentina always really good. Um, and in the 59th minute, and I'll show you the clip. We'll upload the clip as well. Um, Argentina has a corner kick. It gets cleared into the top of the box mm-hmm. to Freddie Adu, and Freddie Adu picks it up and dribbles half the length of the field. And I mean, you can see in the clip, and he his ball control just tears is really it up. yeah, ball control is really good. Speed is really good. Um, lays it off perfectly to a uh, cutting uh, Bobby Conby, who then puts it away for a goal. I'm and, assuming left footed. Yeah, always. Yeah. Um, and and we're up one nothing. Uh, we end up losing the game in the worst way possible. Like uh, we gave up an equalizer in the fourth minute of extra time to Javier Mascherano, great player, great player. Uh, and we lose to the 
ill-fitted golden goal. I'm not. I'm. I stand by it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I have every opportunity to be salty and be on the losing side of this one. I still, I still support the golden goal. It's really yeah. exciting. All right. So at this point, like, uh, the tournament ends, but like, you have a 14 year old who just played against, and the U at the U20 level, you're you're playing as professionals. Yeah. Um, our latest U20 side for the U.S. had only professional players, and most top teams by U20, they have professional contracts. If not, they're already playing for the first team. Right. And he was really good. And if not, there's being set up for maybe Olympics. Yeah. Or U23 and then and then fall national, right? Yeah. So I think he was really good. Now you're like, he's ready for to become a professional. Right. right? Uh, the hype train is super strong. Like Phil Knight, who's the owner of Nike, is like, we think this kid could be the Michael Jordan of soccer for American soccer. And they sign him immediately to a $1 million sponsorship contract. Wow. Pepsi signs him to a sponsorship contract. For I remember Sierra the Mist. Sierra Mist commercials with Pele. Yep. yep. And uh, they put him next to Pele. Uh, and Pele calls him the next Pele. You know, like, <laughs> um, and like we talked about, uh, he can't go abroad to play. Not yet. Um, no. He's got to wait a while for that. He has gone to citizenship. At this point, he's got to wait four years. And he has American citizenship. So mm -hmm. he can't go to Europe, right? But domestically. Can play for MLS. Yeah, so it's and perfect. Now this is in 2004. Mm -hmm. MLS is looking for a start. Freddie Adu is like a legitimate name. Like I think at that point, like uh, Eli Manning was the number one draft pick for the NFL. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's a long time ago. And uh, he uh, he was requesting Freddie Adu jerseys because like he was so well known. It's like this kid is the best 14 year old player and in the world. That's the Eli Manning test. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, and. Uh, and and it's not a, it's not a stretch to say he's he's the best fourteen year old player in the world, right? And so every, everyone knows that's that. really not that far fetched as a statement because you're you're talking about a fourteen year old. Yeah, right? um, and MLS could really use a pop culture star. So what is the mechanism that MLS can use to sign him? We talked about this with a you know single entity project and 40. project forty pipeline. Yep, yeah. project forty. Uh, so they sign him to project forty. And with Project 40, that means you sign with MLS before even the draft. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, unlike most people who go through Project 40, where you're getting uh, maybe a little bit better contract than minimal salary, Freddie Du has all the negotiation tips. So his team negotiates the most expensive MLS contract ever at that time. Mm -hmm. He gets $2 million over four years. So, so half a million dollars a year? Guaranteed. Wow. Four years guaranteed. Whether he plays or not. He's the most paid MLS player at that time at 14 years old. That's crazy. Second thing he wants mm -hmm. is he doesn't want to leave Maryland area for his family reasons. So that's how he ended up on D.C.? Right. But the thing is you can't really negotiate Be where you end up. Because of the draft system. Yeah. And so what MLS does is Dallas Burn, now known as FC Dallas, FC actually Dallas, has yeah. a number one draft pick. Mm -hmm. D.C. United has a number four draft pick. So they didn't pick a do? No, they uh, the league forced a trade between the Dallas Burn and DC United. How was that a thing? Wait, they it, just made it happen. They just made it happen, and they gave DC uh, Dallas so allocation that's how much, money. That's like how much bargaining power he had. Yeah, that, I mean MLS like, basically. I want to be. I want to be home. So MLS was like, "Screw it, let's just do whatever we can to make it happen." Yeah, and a fourteen-year-old kid being home is not a crazy. It's ass. not a crazy thing. It's yeah. just that I, I I'm considering how other 
teams might feel. I'm, I'm considering how uh, Dallas Burn at the time <laughs> probably might not be great. Feeling, yeah, they're probably like, what the hell? Yeah, but um, but the league was like, we need we need this player in this right. league. We need the star. The exposure alone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this all happens actually two months before the draft. So it's already set up that he signs with MLS and he's going to DC United mm-hmm. well before the draft, right? And so the first exhibition that they have, dude, like more than 2,000 people show up to it. Like people are climbing trees to see Freddie Adu play. Yeah, like friendly. For for an exhibition, like just a training exercise. A training, okay, training. Yeah, like, like just to see what the hype is all yeah, about. Yeah, what is right? this about? Right, and... And so the hype is really real. He's the highest paid player. He's 14 years old. Um, mm-hmm. In the first game, he's coming off the bench. And when he comes off the bench, um, he uh, becomes the youngest player ever in MLS history to play in a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, against the Metro Stars in the away game at Giant Stadium. I was there at that game. I brought some friends who were also interested to see Freddie do play. A lot more people were in the stands that day than most other games. Right. Um, he scores his first goal, so he becomes the youngest player ever to score a goal in MLS history. Um, That's still true today. today right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And Maybe by months. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like Maybe less than a year. year. Less yeah. than a year. Okay. Yeah. And so he um, he ends up not being a full time starter. Um, mm. Mostly because DC United gets Christian. They were stacked that year, weren't they? Yeah, they won MLS Cup that year. Yeah. And they signed Christian Jaime Gomez. Jaime Moreno was on that team. Yeah, and they ha- signed Christian Gomez, who mm-hmm. ends up being MLS MVP in the future. Um, not that year, but in the future years. Like, he's really good, and he's starting at the number 10. And uh, and the dude's coming off the bench. Uh, he gets, I think, something like well over 1,000 minutes. Mm. He g- gets eight goals and assists combined, um, which is a really good ratio. It comes out to about... Um, a goal or assist every uh, 180 minutes, which is pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half a goal for an attacker. Half a goal game. And they win MLS Cup, right? And um, and off the field, man, uh, there was a study that was done where they they looked at DC United's away attendance mm-hmm. and taking account everything, like taking account like the good weather, when the game was. Everything. It has to be better across the board. It was you worth have a player that everybody wants to see. The increase in attendance was worth roughly um, three and a half million dollars. So revenue. they they basically got their money back and some and some in the first year. Yeah, first. That's year. how much impact he had in the league. That's how That's many people nuts. wanted to see him, right? Um, but there was also some kind of uh, you know criticism in that you know his defensive quality wasn't good. Work uh, rate. His work rate wasn't great, and that he uh, was the highest paid player in the league, and the players didn't really like that that much. You know, he's yeah, 14. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that. Um, and that somehow a lot of people thought he would do better, which is kind of crazy. Like, his expectation was like he was going to walk into MLS and just, like, dominate this league. I mean, that's the thing about hype. Yeah. That's the thing about hype. I mean, when you set that expectation, it's like setting yourself up for disappointment. And I don't know if that's fair. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair. I mean, any other 14-year-old, you go, um, you're going to get a thousand, more than 1,000 minutes on an MLS Cup winning team. You're You'll gonna, be happy to be on the senior squad. Yeah, and yeah. you're getting eight goals and assists, and you're that's, like... That's an incredible turnout for a kid. 14? Yeah. If, like, honestly, if our team, if your team that you're following MLS today had a 16-year-old that did that, you'd be stoked. Yeah, stoked. Right? It just but happens... The country's never dealt with anything like this before. And right, that's because a, that's a major his, thing his fame is bigger than his performance. Yes. Right? Yeah. And especially in MLS. All right? 
And then um, so that there's a kind of a undercurrent of criticism against him. He makes the all-star team, mm-hmm. but as a commissioner pick. Yeah. It's about hype, right? It's like Because, I mean, if you make the all-star team as a sub coming off the bench, you'd not... have to be insane and you probably wouldn't be a substitute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it's not off merit, it's off hype, but all-star games are about hype anyway. So Yeah. Um, all right. So we are now in 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, he still has basically the same amount of minutes. He's coming off the bench in DC United, but this is a common theme that you'll see on, on a career is that his successes are mostly in the, uh, you youth tournaments. Okay. So this is yeah. now his second U20. Yeah. Right? U20 world cup. Um, now I'm going to guess. Yeah. No, it can't be. It can't be out the door yet. No. It's still not Altidore. No, who's, no. Who's in the class? Who's uh, in the class? I'm not, I'm not exactly sure who's in the class. I think it might have been Eddie Gavin. I can look it up later. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it's his second U20 World Cup, which, again, is pretty odd. Like, most people don't play multiple U20 World Cups. Um, he is now uh, 16. Mm-hmm. Um, he's playing four years above his age. The first game is against Argentina. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, Argentina has their super a starlet of their own. Um, he's 18, uh, and his name is Leo Messi. Wow. So what's crazy to think about now is at that time, Freddie... Freddie Adu is more famous than Leo Messi because Leo Messi, players like Leo Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, really got their fame when they were just killing it at huge, huge clubs. Yeah. Right? Meaning they were in an adulthood. Yeah. So, we we just have to constantly remember. It's so it's so hard to get into your brain, but like the the age that he was when he had stardom is unusual, and that's how unusual it is. Yeah, more famous than Lionel Messi because no one the world didn't know. Yeah, how I, great Leo Messi or how great Cristiano Ronaldo were about to become yeah if you and if you knew about leo messi it's because you were really into like youth prospects yeah. you know like yeah i mean he, he hasn't really you fully broken a in. nerd right so they play this game and they basically play even um and the u.s actually wins right mm-hmm. and uh you remember big soccer yeah 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 right. so, so be, yeah yeah so before twitter it was a it's a soccer forum it's where you went to go talk about the metro stars <laughs> that's definitely where i went to talk about the metro stars um and uh, on that forum after the game, everyone was like, Leo Messi's really good, but Freddie Adu's a little bit better. That was the takeaway from that game, right? Yeah, and nobody would ever say that now. I mean, no. <laughs> no one would ever say that now. No. But, but we have to say, at that time, yeah. people were saying things like that. Yeah. So uh, in a group with Argentina and mm-hmm. Germany, U.S. actually tops that group. Wow. They ends up losing in the knockouts to Italy. Um but a really another good performance by Freddie mm-hmm. um, in a U20 World Cup. And off the field in 2005, this is uh, when Freddie Adu starts dating JoJo, the pop star. You don't know JoJo. That's crazy. Um, it's crazy that I don't know who that is. Yeah, I mean, JoJo was like, I think, 14 at the time. You know what? That's not crazy because I was also 14 at the time. Why would I concern myself with that? I think you, I mean, most 14-year-olds are into pop stars. I don't... Ah, to maybe today. Yeah. I wasn't. But maybe that's why I don't know. But he's <laughs> he's dating a pop star the same age as him. Uh I think uh, a year or two younger than her. Okay. Um but like it's it's in the tabloids. Like I think it was broken publicly by Ryan Seacrest. 
know, like, like, Are you serious? yeah, like this is like, he's a legitimately famous person in America. Like, <laughs> I, I want to keep saying things like this just yeah. to like highlight how famous he is, right? It, it is a little crazy, but yeah. All right, so next year, this third year into his contract, two thousand six, mm-hmm. um, he's uh, seventeen. He legitimately becomes a starter for DC United. Right. Defensive work rate is a lot better. Um, DC United is still a very, very good team. He makes the all-star team this time on merit. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's a coach's pick. Um, and and everything seems like he's progressing really well. But right. this is where I think um, his mentality on, on buying into his own hype yeah. was actually um, where it started to come into... Uh, his actions in his field of play because most 17 year olds being starter on a really good team in MLS, you're really happy about that. You're happy getting, getting minutes. But there was uh, behind the scenes, a lot of friction between him and the coach, Peter Nowak. Um, mainly because Freddie, when he's playing in the youth tournaments, he's Mm -hmm. playing center attacking mid, the number 10. Right. Or he's playing basically a second striker. Mm -hmm. The number 10 position for DC United it's Christian Gomez. Yep. The second striker position is Jaime Moreno. Moreno. These two He's are like MLS MVP level yeah. all-time greats. Jaime mm-hmm. Moreno is like literally an all-time great. Yeah. And so, of course, you're not going to over overtake them for their spot. I mean, you're not playing at that level yet. Right. You're still only 17, you know? Uh, and I think most 17-year-olds would be happy to be like, I'm going to start it all, play anywhere. But the thing uh, is, like, Freddie grew up always being great. Always, always being, being a star, like he he can't know better. Yeah, he can't and, know better. And so, what happens after that um, year? He uh, requests, uh, he gets traded, which seems mm-hmm. crazy, right? But um, because you have that friction, and also you got to remember at this point, five hundred thousand dollars as a salary. Wait, wait, traded to whom? Real Salt Lake. I don't even remember that. Yeah, he gets traded uh, with Nick Ramondo to Real Salt Lake for some allocation money and um, I think some side players. So RSL got Nick Raimondo in that deal and Freddie Adu. Yeah, I mean... Which our, is a huge win for them. Nick Raimondo is a legend. Legend. They definitely won that trade, no doubt. Um, but the other thing to think about is like the, the structure of the league at this point because it's, I don't think designated players are a thing yet. Oh, also, he's, he's almost turning 18 at this point. He's almost turning 18. Okay, that's probably why I don't remember. Yeah, and so like... Um, a $500,000 salary budget hit is legitimately a hard hit. It's a huge burden, too. Huge burden. So, like, at that level of payment, like, you'd want a person who's pushing for MLS MVP mm-hmm. at that point. And he's not He's not there. He's he's a starter. He's a really good player. He's a borderline all-star at mm-hmm. 17. He's one of the better players in the league. But he's not there yet. And he's, you know, there's friction. So, they traded him to RSL. RSL, at that point, I think, needed kind of a boost. Um, so they took him, but his stay with RSL is only 11 games. That's why. Yeah. yeah. And the reason why is because he goes plays his third U20 World Cup. That's crazy. And that team has... He definitely played. has Josie Altidore. I finally got it right. Josie it has Al- to be Josie. That's the that's the 2-1 over Brazil. Yes. Uh, U20, which yes. I remember very well. Yes. Okay. 2007 uh, U20 World Cup, his third one. He's 18 He's now captaining that team. Yeah. He's still playing above his age. You know, um, Michael Bradley's on that squad. Yep. Um, Josie Altidore's on that squad. Salzizo's on that squad. I think so, yeah. Danny Zatella's on that squad. Um, and they, I mean, this is like peak ado. This is Poland. They beat Poland 6-1. He has a hat trick. 
Yeah, I remember that. 2-1 Brazil, as you said. Josie, Josie scored... He scored both, right? He scored both. One of those goals was sick. It was just like on the ground, yeah. on the turf. Yeah. Really fast-paced, yeah. no chance. And Freddie had both assists. I, I forget that, yeah. And, and that Brazil team is was stacked, man. Who's on that Brazil team? Marcelo, Willian. Like, wow. Like really, really good players, right? Wow. And the next game after that is against Uruguay. Uruguay. Right. Um, and that team has um, Luis Suarez. Suarez. Right? Um, Luis Suarez and I think uh, Edison Cavani, like like really stacked, and uh, they would win that game. And that's a game I remember really well. It's like yeah. it was that's highly a, contentious. That's the, that's the Bradley holding up the fingers of the score of the score. score. Yeah, uh, uh, as like the Uruguay players are like trying to storm him. Yeah, it was like <laughs> an all time great moment. Um, Man, and, I love that team. I think you had that background on your laptop. Yeah, that, that team was great. Cor- I remember running, watching into the corner flag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that team was great. They ended up losing to Austria, which is a real bummer in the quarterfinals. Right. Um, but like that, Adu has a great tournament, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he hits the magic age of eighteen, and you know European teams are flying in. And this is uh, when we start talking about Benfica. Benfica. Right, so mm-hmm. RSL's like, you know what? Your MLS performances haven't been great. Um, you have this really great U um, twenty World Cup. Benfica puts in a multi million dollar offer, so two million dollars. Take it. So they take it, and uh, I'll I'll never forget this. You know, they show like images of when Freddie comes out of that plane mm-hmm. in Portugal. Uh, it's like. All the fans are like greeting mayhem, him, mayhem. mayhem. Yeah. Um, the other player that Benfica signs in this window is Angel Di Maria. Who's That's also, nuts. It's a great player, right? And I so see a, I see a general theme happening here. Yeah, yeah, and so like this is um, you know, he's 18 at this point. What has he done? He has um, captain the U20 World Cup. He's gone to three U20 World Cups. He's gotten a U17 World Cup. He's gotten the highest paid contract in MLS. He's made multi-millions of dollars. He, He's a uh, Nike the athlete. Early, the goal as a 14-year-old. Still a record. He has an MLS Cup. Yeah. DC United like and he's 18 like this is like he's on top of the world and if you're a US soccer fan at this point you're like stoked you're like this right. guy is going to be great right and this is usually when you know if you read a Freddie Adu story this is usually when you start focusing on what went wrong right which again I don't know how fair is it it's not fair and the reason why is if you take stock in terms of who the best 14 year old or 15 year old or 16 year old in the world is most of them don't make it. They don't make it to your expectations. And that's common. That's the norm. That's the norm. I'll give you two examples. And on top of that, 14, 15, 16-year-old, usually not American. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. If, you're, if you're looking, this is the best 15-year-old in the world. You're not going to think the USA. No, and, and, and they normally don't become the best player in the world. You right. know? And um, it just happens to be Freddie Dew was American. Mm-hmm. And that hype was super real. And his performances were really good at big stages, right? Yeah. I'll give you two examples of his people that was in that U17 World Cup team. Eddie Gavin was an MLS All-11 at 16. I remember watching him, I'm a Metro Stars fan, and you were like, this kid is going to be a star in Europe. Yeah. He never was a star in Europe. Do we think that's a failure? I don't think so. I, he had a good I, year. He had yeah. a good career. He played in the uh, on the national team. He played yeah. in big tournaments. Jonathan Spector was 17, and unlike Freddie Du, he had a German citizenship. So he went mm. to Manchester United before he turned 18, and he got 
appearances, I think, for Manchester United before he turned 18. Big club. Yeah. He thought maybe he could be like an all-time... He didn't He didn't pan out to that level of expectations. He had a great career. No one thinks Jonathan Spector yeah, had a bad it's, career. Yeah, it's really about where he set the bar. And the bar for Freddie Adu was super, was super, super high. Now, yeah. part of it, he bought into his own hype. I think there's a lot of articles of him admitting to that. I think Right, you can go on MLSsoccer.com right now and, you know, Dax has a, a segment on Exit Time Radio about Freddie. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, he says, like, he bought into his own hype. And so what happened in Benfica is, you know, he didn't light it on fire. Mm-hmm. And so what they use, which is fine. Try to loan him out, right? You try to loan him out. Mm-hmm. And... Went to the loan, didn't light it on fire, and and also you have to remember when when you loan a player out, you gotta pay for their uh, their wages. Their right? wages, so and and his, his wages, wages are super high, super high because he's coming from MLS at a high wage. So mm-hmm. obviously, um, going to Benfica, he's negotiating even a better wage, right? Right. And so his his wages are super high, and he's not willing to take a cut. So the amount of clubs that are willing to take him on loan become less and less, and he's just not getting playing time, right? Mm-hmm. For the four years he's signed with Benfica, he is in loan with a different team every year. And every year that team is in a worse league, yeah. right? And he doesn't really get playing time. And he eventually comes back in uh, at the age of 22 and I think 2011 with Philadelphia Union right. back into MLS. Right. And this That's is a crazy 22. Yeah. Most players are leaving college and starting a career. Yes. And uh, now the league is different at this point. Now you have designated players, you have, um, we're, we're approaching Henri years. Henri years. You're well into the David Beckham era. Yeah. Um, and so league is different. He's not a designated player, but he still has a really big salary. It's also crazy to think about. There was a star in MLS, a huge, huge public figure before yeah. David Beckham. Yes. And that's Freddie Adu. That's Freddie Adu. But he's coming back to MLS, to the union, at 22. At 22. And he's like a, a decent player. He's like yeah. coming off the bench. But if, if the 2007 U-20 World Cups is his top moment in his career in terms of, like, what could be, 2011 Gold Cup was probably his number two moment. He was on the Bob Bradley squad. Oh, man. That was a tough one. Yeah, that was, that a, was a tough. That was 4-2. Mexi- Giovanni Dos Santos scores a ridiculous goal. I remember that. Yeah. Just, like, perfectly in the top. Was that Gio or was that Vela? I'm pretty – I'm going to take a risk – I'm going to be risk being wrong. I'm going to say it's Gio. Okay. I'm going to say it's Gio. I think we think it's Fella because of the type of goal it was. Yeah. With it was a, a curler. Chip. Yeah, you know, it was a chip. Over everybody. Um, it, it was a game that got Bob Bradley fired. Yeah. Um, but if you remember the first half, that was excellent. Oh, we were yeah. Up we, were, we were celebrating and we and who real was, good. Who was like, who had the keys to the offense? It was Freddie Adu. And you were like. This you know what's crazy? Yeah. I wouldn't have answered Freddie Adu. It was. I remember, but it was. But I remember Donovan having a good game. Yeah, in the first half. I mean, everything yeah. was running smoothly, but Freddie was hitting passes, man. It was yeah. like... He's stringing it all together. And and you're like, oh my God, I forgot. This kid is 22. Yeah. You know, like, it's not, it's not like he's old, right? Right. Um, he doesn't really get the chance to play again. Like, he plays one more year with Philadelphia Union. Again, he's on a pretty decent-sized contract, and his performance in MLS is not... At that point, it's still like your performance on the field does not warrant the size of your contract. Mm-hmm. At that point, right? And so he, they don't get re-signed. He ends up going on just like a whirlwind tour of teams. Just like, and never really getting foothold again. 
until like 2017 when he's in USL for Tampa yeah. Bay Rowdies, and then he plays for Las Vegas. And I think his last year he played was in 2018. And now he's 30 years old and he's not playing, right? And and so the the takeaway I think when most people think about Freddie Adu is like, oh, you know, he's a warning for players in terms of not buying your own hype. But I think our takeaway for this podcast should be that Freddie Adu's impact on Major League Soccer was huge. He was the first so big for MLS too. First legitimate as far as getting eyes on the league. Yeah. Yeah. Passing that mom test. Passing the mom test for sure. Of which I think yeah. there's only two players that have ever passed the mom test. It's like David Beckham and Freddie Adu. That's it. That's and, it. But, and, but it's it's still crazy. It's there's still cognitive dissonance for me that our mom knows who Freddie Adu is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it might be the fact that like I remember being 14 and like pointing on a TV and be like, that kid's my age. Dude, Freddie Adu was named dropped by Jay-Z in, in American Gangster. In oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like... Um, <laughs> And and the league needs that. League needs stars, right? And yeah. so, um, like, not to say that there are, haven't been other stars. Like, Zlatan is a mega star, and you know, um, Kaká when he came in, Henri came in. But these are stars. Like, these are stars outside of you know domestic. Like, they're not they're it, not American, but they they're world powers. Yeah, and but they don't pass the mom test, and that like. Unfortunately, our mother does not know who Zlatan is. Or maybe fortunately, she doesn't know who Zlatan is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so, like, uh, but, like, in terms of, like, getting, you know, uh, in 2004, man, like, my friends were like, yeah, I'll come to the Metro Stars game. Yeah. You know, like, that's that's probably when I first really, really got into the league because I, I didn't have to go to games by myself. Or, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I my friends would want to come and see what it's league about. Like, I've, it's on the news, you know? Right. And so... That is the impact I think Freddie Adu had on the league, and that's what he should be remembered by. Not necessarily he didn't pan out to the expectations that we had. And the thing is, like, if if I mean, this is what I'm thinking about right now. Yeah, is if Freddie Adu and me, coincidentally, if we happen to be born a decade later than when we were born. Mm-hmm. And had the same story. Like if Freddie Adu so came out now? It'd be so different. Yeah, it'd be so different if this were happening now. That's a Because the that's league a would point. be so much better prepared to deal with that. Yeah. There's a few things that would be much better at this point. But what? then you have like a little bit of like a, you know, time paradox. Because the league might be better at dealing with that now. Because it happened when it happened. True. But let, let's yeah. talk about how the league would be better handled to equip it. Right. We'll, we'll probably deal. talk about Alfonso Davies then. Yeah. Let's hold off on that. Like mm-hmm. one... Let's assume that he still has all the hype. He wants $500,000 a year. Right now, the way the MLS is set up, $500,000 contract is not going to cripple you. No. There's over 150... It could be either a DP slot or you can use allocation allocation money. Yeah, exactly. And there's over 150 players in MLS that make more than $500,000. Right. right? So you're not going to be the most highly paid player in the locker room either, right? Two, uh, you're probably going to start off in the USL side. Mm Mm-hmm. And you need to dominate the USL side before you get really broken into and get legitimate MLS minutes. Right. That's the path that Alfonso Davies had. Mm-hmm. That's the path that Tyler Adams had, and, and their and their progression. Right. Uh, three, uh, you're gonna have uh, the ability to control and manage the career um, slowly. Mm-hmm. Right. So you'll not just be like, hey, you need to be in every single game. You'll be you'll play a couple games. You'll go back to USL. You. Until you show the progression on the field. There's far more fluidity 
in MLS now too because yeah. the, the the world keeps an eye on MLS for, yeah. for players. And and let's use Alfonso Davies to your point. Right. I think Alfonso Davies from a talent perspective was probably a do level. And yeah. He signed with the Vancouver Whitecaps, I think, at 15. Mm-hmm. He uh, started dominating USL, started uh, getting called up slowly with some uh, appearances for the uh, for the Yeah, you know, I think some of my friends who are soccer casuals don't really care for MLS yeah. the way that you and I would or anybody would. They were just like, yeah, sure, cool, we're in Atlanta, let's go check out a game. And it was against the Whitecaps. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of red cards that game, if I'm remembering correctly, but I remember just telling my friends, um, Leah and Michael, I was just like, yeah, this kid is 16. And they were like, that guy's a kid. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Like it, it was, um, it's kind of a similar thing. Yeah. But, but in terms of like world level fame. No, no, no. I mean, I think, I think, um, like he was obviously scouted really highly. Mm-hmm. I think if you looked at like his advanced analytics and his dribbling technique, I think he was, you know, probably a, t- a top 16-year-old pro- prospect in the world. But it wasn't until his last year in MLS where he was legitimately a force. He was, like, a, a top 11 player in the league. Right. Um, before he got sold to Bayern Munich, and now mm-hmm. he's killing it in Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich and uh, But to your point, Adu and Davies, probably the same level of talent. Mm-hmm. But I do also have the Beckham level of fame that came with that, and Which that was has like the a, Beckham level expectations too. Yes, of winning and carrying MLS cups, and you know, like just being the the overall star on the team, right? And uh, and yeah, I think the expectations were not fair. But if it happened today, I think we the league would be much better adapted in order to make sure you know one he wouldn't buy buy into his own hype and managing it better, and also the infrastructure is much better suited for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think I'll, I'll say it again. I think the takeaway for this episode should be that let's talk about his impact in Major League Soccer's growth, and that impact was very real and strong in terms of being the first true pop culture superstar. Yeah, I'm just had. grateful that an American footballer was just world recognized. Yeah, you know, like I'm yeah. just grateful for that. Exactly, and so um, and that is a story of of the original American savior. But it should be really the first uh, true superstar uh, that the league had and the impact that it had uh, on the league and how it grew from there. Very cool. And as always, if you can read off some sources. Um, Yep. So the first one is a 12-year-old's amazing feat. Feet spelled F E A T, just so you know. But I think I, he was go, probably going for the fun. Yeah. Um, Weird. Uh, by Jason Lacomfora uh, for Washington Post. Um, the second one is Ready for Freddy <laughs> at 14. Freddy These are Adu- all going to be fun because Freddy, Freddy Adu is such a great name. Yeah. Ready for Freddy at 14. Freddy Adu is already the highest paid and most celebrated player in MLS by Grant Wall for Sports Illustrated. Yep. yep. Uh, the third one is just a video of Freddy Adu uh, playing against Argentina in 2003 U20 World Cup. Got to check that out. Uh, fourth one, Seriously, What Happened to Freddy Adu by Noah Davis for Grantland. And then uh, Much Ado About Freddy. By Timothy Deshriver, and mm. that's the uh, research paper that was done on his financial impact in his first year in Major League Soccer. Very cool. And a uh, little something for me, I think I did okay with uh, managing what year it was, but it was still really, really tough. I think, man. I think I think you just permanently associate Freddie Adu 
playing with Josie Altidore. <laughs> I just do, man. I just do. And it might be because of 2007. I mean, great team. Yeah. Like, probably the best U20 team And they're team not that ever. far apart in age, which yeah. is crazy, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, man. For sure. Uh, so that's it. That's the story. All right, guys. Uh, as always, rate, review us, leave comment on Twitter, you know? Yeah. Our uh, handle, our at 25 stories. 25 underscore, underscore stories. stories. Uh, yeah, rate and review us, tell your friends about us, um, and shout us out on Twitter. And next episode, I will mysteriously cut out to announce halftime. I won't actually do it. <laughs> that'll be funny. Uh, happy transfer window, everyone. All right. Have a good one. Bye. See you.